welcome to Deserted with Lindy and Grace. On this podcast, we ask our guests what dishes they would take to our deserted island and the stories behind them. We all have dishes that transport us back to a moment in our lives. Food can leave a lasting impact and we want to know what those dishes are to you. Our mission is to shine a positive light on food and show how the power of a dish can shape a person. So join us whilst we dive in deep to our guests' experiences and find out what they'll be eating on our deserted island. So on Saturday, I went to the gym for the first time since like the first week of March or late February, 2020. And don't get me wrong, I've you know been exercising and you know lifting the weights that I have, which the heaviest weights I've been lifting, I guess, around like 15 kg um, at home but obviously that's like very different to going to the gym so I went to the gym and I, I kid you not like I have not been able to move for the past two days I mean obviously yesterday was worse than the day after if you felt that when you went to the gym for the first time um, but wow it is it's tough out here <laughs> today yeah I mean it, that's that's going to be any time that you put more even like more intensity, like, you know, it doesn't even have to be more weight. It's like more intensity. Your body is reacting to that stimulus. So you will be getting sore. Like, it's just, that's the way it is. So like, yeah, when I went back to the gym, I took it, it's been now, I'm in my fifth week of coming back and I took it so slow. No matter how incredible you are as an athlete or a weightlifter or whatever, you will always get muscle soreness if you add any source type of intensity you're so right in that slow and consistent efforts really consistency is what pays pays off you know and I think you're really it's a really good idea to like be slow coming back into things I mean that's what I did um uh when I was training for the marathon a couple weeks ago which finally is done but I ran a marathon a couple years ago and after that like I just I overdid it and like every time I would get injured I would just try and like hop right back into where I was so when I was like approaching and then I would get injured so when I was approaching this one I was like okay I'm gonna be super slow and really really just um intentional and um yeah I guess slow about the training and then it ends up being you know it doesn't it doesn't mean anything if you get there faster and get injured it's about putting that intention behind it, which I think um, Ellie, um, our guest this week, had um, is a perfect example of that because um, her own journey over the past, I mean, I guess it started during lockdown, but she was really intentional and consistent with her eating and her workouts. Like a lot of the times, like health, health and fitness journeys are about like changing your body and like changing the way that you look and stuff at the beginning but I think that towards the end of like when you get through into your journey you realize it's more about the habits that you're forming rather than the result of what you're doing because Mm -hmm. it's the habits that continue like that can make you continue to do the things that you're doing and yeah you can get the results but then what then it's all about balance and I think it was so nice to talk to Ellie um who I really felt that I, I don't know I really got the balanced vibe from her for lack of better words like she really had a positive outlook on food and also is incredibly disciplined um in you know exercise and um working out and I think it was it was really great to talk to her and also I loved hearing about her her foods um she I think she picked some really good f- dishes to bring to the island as well she has a nut allergy and but her Instagram isn't allergy based and so she's kind of like bringing awareness to the fact that you know anyone can have an allergy and like it doesn't have to be a be all and end all of your personality and she can just share stuff and then she has shared things about having allergies on her page but like that's not her audience isn't people who have allergies and so I think like it's such a great she's such a great resource for like health and fitness and healthy habits and 
you know, just like a positive outlook on life. And yeah, I think it's a lovely episode. She's she's got a great voice as well. So um, I hope that you guys like. You'll like enjoy listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be nice. And um, yeah, we'll see cool. you later. See you next time. Thank you. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have Ellie on the podcast today. So nice to be here. It's so nice. We were just talking about it off air and we were saying that we all have met online and that's what kind of like our new digital age has developed for most millennials and you know I think Gen Zers are after us I think um, <laughs> yeah. and but it's also been quite a 2020 thing so I'd love to hear Ellie like how your story your life has gone like your journey and also like what you did in the pandemic in 2020 <laughs> and like how your life has changed and yeah just give us a little bit of backstory are you a foodie do you have any restrictions food restrictions like give us all the deets background <laughs> yeah cool thank you so hi guys I'm Ellie um so I mean I guess past year has been a bit of a whirlwind for me I guess like I'm an events coordinator by day um, and then I've always been really really into sort of food fitness health that sort of um world I guess um so obviously last year I got put on furlough for seven months <laughs> so I started my Instagram as just sort of like a little project I guess I, I got really really into cooking um trying new recipes um I really wanted, I guess the whole point of my Instagram to begin with was sort of showing how healthy recipes don't have to be super expensive and they don't have to be full of loads of really random ingredients and everything. They can actually be really accessible. So I think that's how I sort of started off with my Instagram. And I guess it's kind of transformed a little bit as the year's gone on. Um, being on furlough for seven months was quite, it was quite a long time to be doing nothing apart from sitting in the sunshine basically. <laughs> Um, so in about June time, I decided to start studying for my level two and level three personal training qualifications, um, have literally always wanted to do it always. So I thought sort of what better time to do it than when you're sitting in the sunshine <laughs> for seven whole months, basically. Um, so I think that's kind of spurred on my Instagram a little bit more. So now it's kind of includes a lot more fitness sort of my personal fitness journey as well as, food um I focus a lot on sort of nut-free recipes as well because I have I'm allergic to basically all nuts um I think hazelnuts are the only one that I'm not allergic to which people are like that's great you can eat Nutella and I'm like no <laughs> I can't I avoid everything um so yeah I guess that's kind of me in a nutshell um yeah <laughs> it's amazing to hear how productive your um lockdown has been I feel like you get yeah. two ends of the stick kind of people who just go out and party the whole time which is nothing wrong with that but um also yeah. the other end of the stick with you and just kind of almost like fulfilling your dream of being um getting your certification through COVID yeah um, I think I was just really I'm so one of those people where I really can't sit back and just kind of waste the days away I guess I that's how I felt at the beginning it was kind of very chilled like I was just spending the days drawing and you know really chilling like taking the time I was like when am I ever going to get this time in my life to actually just basically have a break from work um and be paid for it I guess as well um and then it got to the point where I was like no I really don't want to waste this time like you have no other time in your life basically where you get a summer holiday from work um so I think that's really what spurred me on to be productive um and yeah, I, I feel like I, I made the most of the time. <laughs> I guess, um, I guess, nice. I guess that's a perfect transition then to get into your dish number one and talk about all the food then, because the food is a big part of your lockdown as well. So I don't know whether you guys have heard of it, but it's Chili Philly. <laughs> so basically it's a very simple dish where it's Philadelphia, a whole tub of Philadelphia, you put it on a big plate just put loads of sweet chili sauce over the top of it and you serve it with tortilla chips. And that is it. And it's delicious. And if you've not tried it, you definitely need to. It's 
basically all my friends know know me now as like chili Philly girl. <laughs> they um basically any social event that we go to, we always have chili Philly. Like my mum swears that she invented it, but <laughs> we're not one hundred sure. Um, yeah, it's it is funny because every everything that we go to with our friends now, we're like chili Philly. Ellie, have you got the chili Philly? <laughs> Um, so yeah, it does is it's a funny one because it does just remind me of big social events and everything, which is so nice. And it's basically at every every event we go to now, which is hilarious because it's such a simple dish. So that. did she come up with the recipe or how did you I've never heard of it? Not the only thing I can think of is sort of fancy nacho <laughs> hybrid. Um how, honestly, how yeah, I honestly don't know where she got it from. <laughs> But she started doing it years and years ago when we were much younger um, and it's basically just continued. And now I, I do it for all my friends. Whenever we go to my friends things, they have it at their parties. My mum does it like everyone has it now and everyone loves it. I've not met a single person that doesn't enjoy it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's how a good is, one. How was food like growing up with for you, like with your mum? Like, did she cook a lot? Did she teach you how to cook? Or was it just like, like you said, like simple dishes that you just repeat? and repeat like what was the yeah. family cooking no my mum's an amazing cook and she'll <laughs> she always says now if she listens to this hey mom um she says now that she's not a good cook but she is a good cook but it's like real like homely dishes like spagbol and her shepherd's pie like my two absolute favorites that she makes um so yeah I mean I wouldn't say that we had like really fancy food growing up or anything where it was like particularly like oh my god like no one's ever heard of that but it yeah it was like good home home cooked meals um yeah I love my mom's cooking <laughs> how how um how do you think that's like influenced your food choices today and like what you cook for yourself at home how did that family kind of food culture influence your own um yeah food relationship I, mean, I wouldn't say my like the food that I cook I think it I think it's obvious in my Instagram as well that I'm not like I don't make loads of fancy meals like it's not it's all very simple food and I think that's really what I wanted to put across in my Instagram as well just to show that you don't have to have like really fancy recipes for it to be yummy and healthy and and good for you um so that's definitely I think definitely inspired or influenced my food choices now I just love like home-cooked meals you know <laughs> was health and fitness something that was like tied into that when you were younger or did you develop that like after you left home no I've always been super into health and fitness so my mum has always really been into it as well she loves um cooking really well um she's exercise she's she swears by pilates she's done pilates for I don't even know how many years I think it's like oh god I don't even I don't even want to say how many years it's been but she she's such an advocate of Pilates and she's done that for years and years. And I think that's had a huge influence on sort of how I see fitness. I did ballet from, uh, so I think I must've been like three years old. I think I did it solidly up until I was about 18. So I think that's had a huge impact on my life. I'm so excited because in, on the 17th, the Battersea um, RAD studios open again for ballet. So I really want to get back to it. because I miss it so much. So I think I haven't, I've always grown up with that sort of influence from my mum especially my dad used to um well he's a marathon runner he's done he's done the London Marathon a few times as well so I think I've always had that sort of in my life and around me so it's definitely influenced me a lot yeah definitely I think that got, that comes on to dish number two what is dish number two <laughs> um so dish number two is my mum's bakes <laughs> talking about my parents um, my mum, yeah, she her baking especially is like unreal. So in particular, I think I said her cupcakes, her scones, and her mince pies are three things that like stand out. So her mince pies, oh, her mince pies and her scones, I take everywhere with me to all my friends. Like in the summer, it's like scones. I'm like right, I'm bringing my mum's scones with me because I know that she's the best at making them. They don't have that like some scones have that real aftertaste. <laughs> But hers don't. She's just the best, and they're really fluffy and really yummy. And I'd love to hear what you guys think. But is it cream before jam or jam before cream? <laughs> Oof, that's yeah. a tough one for me. I'm uh, um, anaphylactic to dairy, so oh no, 
I have a huge sweet tooth and so I'm a big jam fan. Mm, yeah, I've only just gotten really into jam in the past like, I don't even know, a few months and now I love it, can't get enough of it. Yeah, I don't even know what I do because I know <laughs> once one you can't spread. So I feel like it's actually cream and then jam because otherwise you couldn't, I, I, do I don't know. It's so confusing. I think I do cream then jam. <laughs> I don't know though. I have no idea. When I was talking, I was talking to my mum about this and she was like, make sure you mention it's cream then jam. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I think in my mind it makes sense to do cream and jam, but at the, at the same time, I have no idea what that yeah, would. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I think what I also do is put one scone that has jam and one that has cream and then I mash them together. So then, it's, oh, like a sandwich. Have, yeah, and then it doesn't have, it doesn't matter. And then it doesn't matter because you exactly. just eat it all in one go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah. do you know any, like, do you know your mum's recipes? Like, the ones that you love? Like, do you know them? Do you make them yourself? Like, yeah. So, this has been my, this has been my challenge basically over the past, well, since lockdown, really. Um, I've, I've taken on the challenge of trying to recreate them. Her cakes, I feel like I'm there with. I think it's the hummingbird recipe. She used the hummingbird um, chocolate, mm-hmm. I think it's chocolate, um, like cupcake recipe. It's just a classic, but she does it so well. So I think I've got that down now. Um, scones, I actually can't remember. It's like, I can't remember what recipe she uses, but I made a lot of them last year and I've not quite got it yet, but we're trying. And her mince pies, I am not there yet, but she she makes all the pastry and everything. Um, and I'm also, I well, as of Christmas last year, I've been on the hunt for a nut-free mince meat for mince pies because so many of them say either may contain or they have nuts in. So Aldi, Aldi do a really great mince meat mm. with no traces, <laughs> which is a revelation for me. Nice. And I guess with your, you know, with your thinking about your Instagram page now and sort of the focus around fitness and stuff, do you make any, you know, because on your feed, there's lots of, you know, sweet treats and Mm. stuff. Do you ever put, when you're making these sweet treats, do you ever think about putting in like healthier substitutes or are these sort of treats that are, you know, in, in the balance, like just make it, eat it and then liver yeah I am I'm a big advocate of balance and I think most of the time when I'm putting a sweet treat up on my feed it's like it's a proper it's a proper treat (laughs) um we love chocolate over here (laughs) like cookies cakes anything basically um I do cook with coconut oil quite a lot um as just like a healthier alternative to um like just normal oil basically I guess um but yeah, most of the time when I'm baking, it's like a, it's a bake. <laughs> when I'm doing sort of normal recipes, like cooking, um, that's when I sort of use probably substitutes. So like I'll use fry light instead of um, normal oil or like I made an aubergine parmigiana the other day. I don't know whether you saw it, but I use like lighter mozzarella and things like that. You know, just like little substitutes because you don't want to make it too like inaccessible for people if you start like changing loads of um ingredients people are like oh that's really expensive or that you can't get hold of that in some supermarkets and I think it's really important that people think oh like you don't actually have to like you don't have to spend loads of money to make things like a little bit healthier um so yeah um in, I'd say definitely on my Instagram baking we tend to stick to the treats and then my other recipes you te- we tend to go a little bit lighter which is nice but yeah, it's a little bit balanced. <laughs> I think a lot of like health and fitness accounts, like when I was like really involved in like bodybuilding and everything, I was all about like the protein powder and like adding protein to everything and making it really healthy, less fat, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I realized that whey is like not good for my body. <laughs> like it's just yeah. not good. And I can't have like pea protein and anything like that. So I just stopped having pr- protein powder. And I see all these accounts that are just like, every baked treat has protein protein powder in it. And you're like, well, that's inaccessible for me. One, it's really expensive to always be buying protein powder. Two, not a lot of people can stomach it. Mm -hmm. And three, like, sometimes it gets too much protein. I think so. And I think also there are so many food sources that you can get protein from. You don't have to supplement it. Like, I think people get, like, I do love protein powder. I use it basically in my breakfast every day like just as a little boost you know but 
I think people can get too obsessed with it. And I think at the moment, especially, it's such almost like a trend to be like protein, 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 when actually you don't need it. You can probably get it through, like, if you're not veggie, you can obviously get it through different meats or Greek yogurt is an absolute, like, godsend. (laughs) I love Greek yogurt. I have it. There you go. Fade yogurt. See, (laughs) I have it every single evening for pudding, you know, like there are so many different food sources that you can have that will give you such a good boost of protein, but you don't have to supplement it with whey, like whey powder. Um, So yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I also, I also just like the fact that you sort of make it as is because sometimes I feel like in the fitness world, the balance, you know, you're putting all these substitutes in a tree like just have the, you know, have the the treat treat. (laughs) or um, your dish number three is oats (laughs) because they are the best thing in the world. And I literally couldn't live without them now. Um, Big chunky rolled oats are like my absolute favorite thing. And I have them pretty much every day at the moment for breakfast. Um, But you, and also they're just so versatile. Like I do mostly have them for breakfast, but I guess you can use them for absolutely anything. You can substitute flour for oat flour, like anything. You can have them in smoothies, baked oats, pancakes, like absolutely anything. Um, and yeah, I have them abs- like every single day at the moment. And they're just delicious. <laughs> Overnight oats are my absolute favorite thing at the moment. They're do so you, good. Do you like um, thick oats or runny oats? Oh, good question. I think for porridge, I am somewhere in between. <laughs> for porridge, I'm somewhere in between. I don't like them too stodgy. So, you know, when they get that claggy, <laughs> that claggy texture, don't like that. I think I'm probably more on the runnier side for porridge. For overnight oats, I really like them thick. <laughs> so um, that's why I'm, that's the hype I'm on at the moment is overnight oats with Greek yogurt. Um, and I do actually use protein powder for that, but we might talk about that. <laughs> but it is like it's a really great carb source it's really high in fiber like it keep me full I'm I I find it weird because if I had a bowl of porridge I actually don't feel that full for very long at all I'm not sure what it is but when I mix it so with overnight oats I guess because you're having fade yogurt which is really high in protein as well you can have all the toppings with it um it's just much more filling um well for me personally anyway um and they keep yeah they they're such a great like a fuel um to keep you going all day which is like amazing <laughs> yeah and I love having them in smoothies as well to thicken them up yeah, yeah. big big fan of oats <laughs> what is your like because you said that you have a certain type of oats pretty much every day right mm-hmm. so are you a fan of routine are you a fan of you know having a set habit a schedule you know what you're eating the next morning overnight oats means that you have to prepare for the the night before like (laughs) what is your stance on habits well I think it's quite I've changed quite a lot over the past year especially I think at the start of lockdown last year my eating habits were pretty um I don't know what the word is wild I was not in control of what I was eating at all I think I was eating like one of those lint bunnies pretty much every single day which is not great (laughs) I mean they're delicious and I'm all about balance but maybe not every single day (laughs) um so in November I sort of had a bit of an overhaul I was really looking at what I was eating and everything so now um I do actually plan my food I use my fitness pal um it's not for everybody and I completely get that but I do like to have an idea of what I'm eating on sort of like a regular basis so on a Sunday I'll sit and I'll plan all my meals for the week um so that I know what I'm buying um I'll go and do my food shop and I'll make sure I've got everything in the fridge and the cupboard um that I need for that week I think also it saves me a lot of money as well doing it that way because I'm not going to the shops every single day then just to stock up on random things it means that I know what I'm having um I've got a few meals so for my dinners I'll I'll choose like two or three meals I can have in the week um lunches tends to be I don't like lunch (laughs) I mean I eat it but I find it so difficult I don't know about you guys but I tend to just have like a pit uh, like a filled pizza with like chicken and salad and things but I find lunch really hard and really quite boring I guess um breakfast is basically whatever I'm enjoying at that time so as I said at the moment I'm 
on an absolute overnight oat hype <laughs> but before it was baked oats um before that it was scrambled egg on a bagel like you know I get into, I'm such a creature of habit and once I find something that I enjoy I really stick with it <laughs> um so yeah I do I I am a big forward planner so in the evenings I'll, I'll sit and I'll have a think about what I'm eating the next day if things change then things change I'm very flexible like if my friends now say oh do you want to go out for dinner obviously I'm not going to say no because I'm like oh sorry I've got di- I've got food in the fridge you know but I do like I'm very organized I think it's the event event coordinator in me <laughs> I'm very organized <laughs> you're in the right industry I'm in the right industry for sure yeah you said that you had health like your health and fitness was like from an early age and was that also with you know nutrition because you know you said like before the pandemic it was a little bit off kilter (laughs) yeah so was it just was it a natural thing that you were all on top of your like food as well and then like that's why 2020 was such a shock to you and you went you revamped or were you kind of always all over the place and now you're starting to click like has it yeah what was your journey in that no I don't really know like growing up obviously my like we've always had a really healthy diet like we my family were not big takeaway eaters or anything like that which just wasn't in us like my mum doesn't drink well she, she'll have like a glass of prosecco you know at like a social event but she's not a big drinker so I think that's influenced me I don't really drink unless it's like a big social occasion um I wouldn't I don't really drink in the week or anything like that so it's difficult isn't it because I think I think maybe I just took the whole situation last year and I it just I just ate too much basically I just yeah just got a little bit out of control and I had to really take a step back and be like okay you're just being silly and you're just using the situations as an excuse to eat poorly um and as I say I'm all about balance but that wasn't balance (laughs) I was eating like multiple chocolate bars a day like big chocolate bars um which just wasn't sitting well with me and I did put on quite a lot of weight as well I don't know whether we want to like go into that side of things but I just wasn't happy in myself um so I did have a bit of an overhaul and I think it's definitely done me good um I feel a lot more happy in myself now which is really great um but yeah I don't know it's a difficult one (laughs) it's so nice to hear you talk about it openly because I think a lot of people you know we all talk about the pandemic and it being like difficult but you know the coping mechanisms that we all had varied I think you know it, you, you're a perfect example of having a family that was super, you know, nutrition conscious growing up and healthy mm. diet. And, you know, we all at the beginning of pandemic, as I relate with that completely, just finding comfort in um, food and stuff, maybe yeah. didn't usually, but just looking for that. And there's nothing wrong with it. And I think, you know, just as the pandemic has gone through waves, like, so do, so do we. And absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it's really nice to hear you um, talk about that sort of balance, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's, I think it's such a difficult one, isn't it? Like, I wouldn't say that I've ever had like a bad relationship with food or anything like that. I've been, I think I've been quite lucky. Um, but I think just last year with the pandemic, I am a big comfort eater. And I do find sort of solace in nice, good food, to be honest. I think I just took it a little bit too far. <laughs> basically um but there's nothing wrong with that and our bodies are amazing they bounce back and like as soon as you start sort of eating a little bit like eating some more vegetables you know like moving a bit more you know it sorts itself out doesn't it (laughs) it's not a big deal for me personally like it's not about what I look like in the mirror it's what I think I look like in the mirror I completely agree and when you start moving more as well um you do it's such a psychological mental thing isn't it Mm -hmm. Yeah. that when you're treating yourself with respect that's when you start looking in the mirror and be like oh actually like I, I feel really good yeah. but when you when you know that you're not treating your body in the best way that you can I think yeah it does have a, a such a crazy effect on how you feel about yourself mm-hmm. um so yeah I completely agree with that yeah so with that um what is the fourth dish that you're bringing to the island pizza <laughs> so yeah an absolute favorite of mine and I think this is sort of where we can probably bring in my nut allergy as well because this is my safe food um if I'm at a restaurant where it sells pizza and I'm not sure what else I can have 
I'll go for the pizza because nine times out of ten, they're not it's not going to contain nuts, is it? <laughs> um, you can basically get it all over the world as well, which means you know it's it's a pretty safe food for me to go to. Um, yeah, and it's delicious. <laughs> What's your topping? Controversially, Hawaiian. <laughs> My all-time favorite <laughs> is ham and pineapple. <laughs> which everybody always looked at me with such disgust. <laughs> but yeah, I, I completely rate pineapple on pizza. Pineapple with savoury foods. Love it. I made a, um, like a Nando-style burger the other day with, have you tried those like heck chicken Italia burgers? Would you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With some pineapple on top and some like um, red onion and everything. Delicious. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Do you, mm-hmm. when you go out and, you know, you order a pizza, will you, because it is just safe food will you tell them still about your allergy or do yeah. you yeah always I think it's so important mm. so so important because if anything did happen um then you know it's, it's not really on you you don't have that guilt of being like oh why did I not tell them that time you know that one time that I didn't say because it was I was just having a pizza you know um it's so important to let them know mm-hmm. every single time definitely and they're always like oh you'll be fine with pizza and I'm like I know just letting you know um yeah it's important to tell them I think definitely yeah and you carry your EpiPen when you go out to the carry my EpiPens got both of them my two (laughs) EpiPens my little friends (laughs) yeah we have to make sure you know because some people like we were talking about it with me and Grace and some people if they have one allergy it's rare that they will tell people about Mm. their allergy because they just think well it doesn't look like it has that in it so why do I need to and then a lot of people don't especially younger people don't carry the EpiPen because they think well I'm eating at a restaurant that I know is safe for me and I've eaten this dish many times like what's the point of me Mm -hmm. telling them over and over again and I think it's just so important every single time like just every single time I'm I'm all with you on the ham I'm a ham and mushroom Mm. person or a mozzarella but that pineapple and I think it's interesting you know the pineapple I wonder like you have, I think you have that, what I have is the sweet and savory mixed, and mm-hmm. Grace has that as well. And it's so interesting, I think, with a lot of foodies, I, and I think that you are a foodie, but you know, with a lot of foodie, we mm-hmm. love those different textures and flavors and crunches. Like your oat bowls mm-hmm. have frozen fruits and yogurt and oats and, you know, chocolate. And you're like me, like you want the crunch, you want the sweet, you want, you know, all of these flavors all of the different yeah yeah so every mouthful is like you know so impactful (laughs) you're like this is good (laughs) exactly so like how like I don't know like were you always like that or have you developed that now where did it you? interestingly I never actually used to like the sweet and salty popcorn but Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan now (laughs) I love it now I don't I actually don't know when it first started. I would probably say when I moved out of home, I've become probably more of a foodie and way more interested in cooking um, and trying new recipes and everything, obviously, because you're cooking for yourself. And I think also because I have always um, lived basically on my... I live with three girls, but I, I cook for myself. We don't cook together or anything like that. So I'm, it's always quite interesting trying to create recipes for one. Um, and... Yeah, I, I would say probably, yeah, as I, when I moved out of home is probably when I started becoming a real, a real foodie. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you have to think about what you like, not what yeah. somebody else is right. <laughs> give you. The day that I have to start cooking for other people, I'm like, oh, I want this. Yeah. I don't know whether you guys find, do you, do you find eating other people's baking really difficult? You don't. I won't, I I won't eat it. I won't. Oh, eat you won't it. eat it. Yeah. Even oh, even when they're like, no, no, it doesn't contain nuts. I've checked the packaging. I've checked everything. I get so nervous, and I just I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, even if they're like a really close friend, I'm like, unless it's my mum, obviously. <laughs> and then it's different. I'll but. eat. You know, there's a few few people I'll definitely eat from especially if they have their own food restrictions or have known me since I was like born yeah um like I just trust my gut on like if they understand and if I also know their kitchen too if I know their kitchen is full of nuts and dairy I'm 
will stay away. But yeah. for the most part, I stay away from everyone cooking for me. I try and avoid it at all costs. <laughs> yeah, that's what I find difficult at the moment about sort of eating out as well. Because before I, I'd say actually probably since I started my Instagram, I've actually become way more conscious, which sounds really awful. But I have learned so much about how safe or how careful I actually need to be. Um, I used to, I'm, I now don't eat, make and tame. <laughs> but before I started my Instagram, I was one of those people that was like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Like some things, some things I do still risk, but most things now I won't because why would I do that? Like, honestly, the amount of things that I used to eat in the past that I've seen on Instagram being like, oh yeah, like I had a reaction from that because it had a big nut in it <laughs> and it wasn't meant to. Like it's changed my opinion so, so much. Um, in terms of like eating out in restaurants, I'm not, I obviously tell them and I, I think I'm probably more trusting than maybe I should be. But in terms of like supermarket packaging and everything, I just don't trust anything anymore. Yeah, it is. It is really scary. Like I remember when I first started my Instagram and that was like five years ago and I went into like a spiral of like not wanting to mm. eat anywhere. Like it was like Whole Foods. Like I was like, as long as it's like from the ground, I'm good. And yeah. I was so scared because you see all of these things and all of these experiences of other people and you can you kind of take that on. You take on their experience and you take you on their stories and you take on their fear like you take on their fear and you have and that's I actually think like that's where I got my allergy anxiety I didn't get it from like the real world <laughs> like I got it from online yeah no because I think before I um I won't mention obviously the brand but <laughs> there was the girl um who ate the sandwich on the plane <laughs> and I think that was my first um my first sort of experience of being like oh now I don't want to eat there anymore and I haven't eaten from there ever since that happened basically um but yeah as you say ever since starting my Instagram I have sort of gone down a bit of a rabbit hole of looking at everybody's experiences and there are some things that are like I've um logical that I wouldn't touch like cereal bars and things like that I would never touch but even now I mean this might even be an obvious one but I don't even eat from bakeries anymore which is really sad <laughs> because who doesn't love a donut <laughs> Bacon, bacon um, are a, dif a difficult one too. It's so difficult. Difficult, yeah. And it really annoys me when they have the almond croissant with the normal croissant. I'm like, guys, mm. you're you're like you can't. I now can't have any of those. Yeah. Um. So it is difficult, isn't it? Like managing what you think is safe to eat and what isn't. Yeah. Um. But also saying that, I have also found some incredible nut-free brands since I've started not eating may contain mm -hmm. um my mum got me uh some nut free chocolate for easter but from like a real like independent um basically like this woman that just creates nut free chocolate basically and she has her own website and everything it was delicious and it was amazing and it still had dairy and everything in it whereas a lot of nut free chocolate i think is also vegan and like mm -hmm. um i think it caters to everybody um with allergies Whereas this still had all the dairy in it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. Um, so it's, it's finding things like that. I've actually really enjoyed um, trying to find new brands that can sort of, I can eat confidently, basically. Yeah. So talking yeah. about chocolate, mm -hmm. what's your dish number five? <laughs> <laughs> I don't look. Um, my dish number five is my chunky New York City cookies. <laughs> As you can tell, I've got a bit of a sweet tooth. <laughs> Um, so my previous job used to call me the cookie queen because I used to bring cookies in on a regular basis. Um, you know, like Jane's patisserie, like proper, like the chunky, the chunky mm -hmm. ones. Yeah, it's those, they're delicious. And I feel like I've just got the recipe down now, but more recent, obviously I used to just use sort of normal, normal chocolate. Um, I use Nomo now, mm -hmm. um, in them, which actually like it works amazingly in them um and I often add like pretzels and you can just do so many different things with them and I just love it <laughs> and I have such a sweet tooth um these are kind of my if we need something real like really decadent or I'm going to a friend's house and I have like a movie night or anything like that um this will be 
what I make to take with me um, and they always go down a treat. <laughs> Have your friends always been supportive of your you know fitness journey and your food choices and kind of socially has it had an impact at all? Yeah no they my closest friends are um, from my secondary school basically and they were actually the ones that convinced me to start my Instagram in the first place so they are amazing yeah they're completely completely supportive and they've all said that they're going to listen to this <laughs> um which is just so nice um and obviously I was doing my um Instagram live classes throughout lockdown and they all were joining those as well like it's just they're such such great girls I often just like get little texts from them like asking for tips and tricks as well with like health and fitness which is really nice um it's nice to have that sort of role in the in the girls group you know mm-hmm. um yeah definitely have you been to New York New York um yes I have once we went with my mom and my sisters it was a few years ago now actually it's crazy how time flies um yeah we went but we didn't have I really wanted to try it's Levan Bakery isn't it mm-hmm. I didn't get to go there but <laughs> next time next time yeah I the first time that I knew about New York cookies like obviously I knew it in New York but I couldn't like because I was living there for a few years but I couldn't eat any of them Mm. because nuts Nuts (laughs) it was all like Nutella inside of it and like you know they put it like they split it and it was like all goosiness everywhere yeah it's like touching everything (laughs) yeah but I made one um from um cupcake Gemma on YouTube yes love her one and it's not got nuts like obviously I use products that don't have nuts in it and I made those thick ones I was like this is incredible and I completely understand why (laughs) there was a line around the block to get them on like a Sunday morning and so like if you haven't made New York chunky cookies like you need to because they're just on a whole nother level and And you know what you can do you can roll them up and keep them in sort of like a log shape in the freezer Mm -hmm. and then you can just slice bits off and put them in the oven when you need they're so good one cookie at a time because you would want loads (laughs) no but like you want all of them if you yes portion control (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) because you're gonna want everything and it's just oozing and the chocolate I don't they're really good (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean like talking about like New York and traveling and everything that's reminded me because with um I went to Cheesecake Factory when we went we a couple of years before that we went to LA and did like a little road trip um on the west coast of America and we went to Cheesecake Factory but I couldn't have anything because well everything was obviously lined up in one glass front and everything contained nuts and they weren't sure what did and what didn't basically have traces so I think I ended up having a milkshake which was delicious but it's not what you go to cheesecake factory for really is it I think that it's really interesting since like the right because so so I went to university in LA and I can think of two kind of ice cream shops that are completely allergy friendly top 14 free like basically a eureka there um but everything else you know like and I'm sure you guys get this too like when people when people ask you where you want to go out to eat and you say allergy, sometimes their default thing to say is, oh, I know this vegan place to go to. Mm-hmm. And vegan, I find I cannot eat anything in a vegan restaurant because all the substitutes are nuts. Yeah. And it's just, it, I always say that like when I was little, the nut allergy was easier to stay away from, from the, than the dairy allergy because people understand not allergies they don't understand anaphylaxis to dairy but now it's impossible it's much harder because people are looking for healthy alternatives and most of those are not based and so interesting how it's like you know vegan is you know being vegan is a choice and not you know power to you for that choice um but it just it it's not yeah. an allergy. It it's not help. an allergy. It's not an allergy. Yeah, it's, allergy. it's a dietary choice as opposed yeah, yeah. to yeah. like a dietary requirement, basically. Yeah, we need to up our game. Like we really do. Maybe we should yeah. start a um. Maybe we company. should. <laughs> I think we should. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we need to start. We a could be leg, leg, <laughs> Lindy, Ellie, and Grace, leg, yeah. lead. <laughs> I don't think anyone would want to eat our products if it was no. called lead. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> so we're giving you an ingredient. And so what ingredient would you take to the island? So this was a really difficult one. And I had two that I couldn't decide between. Um, and I, I think I've decided last minute that I'm going to go with Biscoff's bread. 
Ooh. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know. Yes. yes. I was going to go with Bovril, <laughs> which I don't know whether you either of you had, but that's the other one that I was like, mm, I do eat that a lot. But no, Biscoff spread because it's amazing and it goes on everything and you can melt it and you can have it in oats and you can have it on bagels and you can have it on toast and you can have it on everything or you can eat it out the jar, which I do regularly. So <laughs> that's going to be my ingredient because you don't even have to eat it with anything. <laughs> I, I was thinking, had it no me yeah no I haven't I haven't had it but I was just like it is something that I would absolutely love I know yeah. it um because I'm a big sucker for like buttery biscoff biscuits wheat mm-hmm. and wheat uh, yeah. um but I was just saying like again I live vicariously through people like eating the things that I know that I would like and not in a pity me way and like oh my goodness this gives me joy to see other people enjoying it and um I was I don't know Lindy we were talking about this earlier just like every time someone's like bringing in a all the guests bring different ingredients to the island and every time I'm like oh my goodness that's such a good one to bring for so many different reasons but I I know exactly what you mean about sort of enjoying it vicariously through people because I'm the same with peanut butter because I used to eat peanut butter when I was younger and I because I didn't sort of have my allergies until I was about 11 years old so I used to I used to eat nuts <laughs> when I was young so when people eat peanut butter I'm like oh, that is so nostalgic for me <laughs> I'm so envious so I know exactly what you mean by living vicariously through people this cause spread is almost like having eating peanut butter out of the jar like you know like it's that it is you get that same texture yeah I also mm-hmm. think like you can't have lotus biscoff but you've had queen granola butter and you've also had oat avenue and that cinnamon you know cookie like crumbly like because i love the biscoff crunchy and so like that like oaty crumbly texture of like the granola butters are really similar to biscoff like very similar i'm still waiting to try that actually mine hasn't arrived yet so I'm, i'm so excited to try them really really good but I was just gonna say in the states we have plenty of access to sun butter which is sunflower seed butter and um the brand sun butter has a crunchy one and it's I cannot be left alone with it (laughs) I have no self-control when it comes to when it comes to it (laughs) no it's crazy isn't it and like you can does does how does that taste because you can get I can't oh is it wow butter yeah but yeah. I'm not sure how that sits with me no. in terms of it tasting like peanut butter. I think that would make me feel funny. No harm, no, no harm to wild butter, but some butter is really, really good. And I find that you can use it more in, um, cause I like to cook a lot of Asian food and obviously a lot of like Asian dishes mm. use like a peanut sauce. And so I always use the sun butter as like a peanut sauce. And when I've used it for friends and stuff, they say they can't even, you know, really have a difference yeah interesting Um, so I guess with that we also give you a piece of kitchen equipment to take with you (laughs) the island um there's solar panels so it can um be charged or plugged in (laughs) mine definitely needs a plug (laughs) I would like to take my Nutribullet please (laughs) um I got it for my birthday this year and it's been the best thing ever I literally make everything in it, like sauces, smoothies, pancakes, like anything can go in it. It's so great. Um, So yeah, I'll definitely take my Nutribullet if uh, if I can plug it in. (laughs) It's a classic, isn't it? It Have everything. Yeah, that's great. And then what cookbook would you take with you? And a lot of people said that they don't ever use cookbooks. So if you do, you can. But if you want, you could use like a digital cookbook. Like it might not have to be. no yeah I completely agree with that like now most of the time I go sort of Instagram or I don't know I just like Google recipes but I do have a cookbook and it's the body coach Joe Wicks um his first book because I think that book is actually really nostalgic for me because I got it while I was at uni it was sort of my first like healthy cookbook I guess that you could say it's sort of what I remember as when I was sort of first really getting into healthy cooking and everything I still use the chicken pie recipe um it's an absolute classic um and I also really like him I think he's really inspirational and everything as well because he obviously started off 
just sort of taking his little trailer along to Richmond Park and doing his PT sessions there. So I think his story is really inspirational and his recipes are actually really delicious. So that's what I'm going to go with. But you are right. Now I do tend to use sort of online digital mm-hmm. recipes a little bit more often. But no, I really, I really rate his books, actually. They're really great. Yeah, he's very simple and quick. Very simple. Again, sort of they, his recipes do sort of align quite nicely with what I'm about as well in terms of like easy, simple, like inexpensive recipes. Um, Would kind of what you do with your fitness page of just... And what you were talking about earlier of just creating recipes um, that don't, you know, healthy recipes or just recipes for people with allergies accessible to lots of people. Like he's completely made fitness accessible through the pandemic to people who would never have sort of looked at fitness in that way and just gotten the whole family involved, which is, I think, incredible. Yeah. Did you guys do any of his sort of like um, classes or anything? No, I did. I did a couple from YouTube, and they were actually they were really great. Uh, They were really fun. Um, I would try. (laughs) I'm sure they'll stay up there. (laughs) You want to give it a go? You've listened to our episodes before. You will see that we put a spanner in the works, and unfortunately, you're sitting on the island. You're sipping a mai tai. You're living life and loving life, and there's a massive wave that comes, and it takes four of your dishes away what so what dish would you want to stay with you for the entirety of your time there oh gosh I think it's got to be oh no (laughs) I'm gonna say oats because you can do so many different things with them they're a great source of fuel they can keep you full for a really long time you could have them for breakfast lunch and dinner and not be bored because you can do so many different things with them you could probably I think I've seen people make oat pizzas with them as well so I could fill two I could hit what is it um shoot two birds with one stone or whatever the phrase is <laughs> birds <with the> stone. <laughs> that's the one <laughs> with um yeah I think I'm gonna go for oats yeah that's a good choice <laughs> well Ellie it's been so much fun to have you um on the podcast and get to know you um for all our listeners who want to find you um get some healthy tips or just reach out um and see you online where can people find you yeah so my instagram is ellie may uh, ellie may and then m-a-e for may underscore fitness um and i'm over there pretty regularly so uploading fitness tips and healthy recipes um and lifestyle tips and everything so I'd love to have you all over there. Definitely check her out, especially when she finalizes her PT certificate because you will want to work with her. And um, yeah, she's great. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully this summer (laughs) I'll be uh, (laughs) up and running with my qualifications. So yeah, I'm working hard towards those as well. So And everything will be linked in the show notes so you don't have to go far. You just click (laughs) it. So thank you so much, Ellie, for coming on and talking and sharing a bit about your story. And um, it's been great. And so, yeah, thanks, guys. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. See you in the next episode. (laughs) Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow, subscribe and review and tell us what you thought on Instagram at deserted underscore podcast. And we will see you next time on our deserted island.